0: Isn't it beautiful when people come to know the Lord? There's no message more important in His Word than salvation. He wants to encounter us. He wants to love us. Maybe just uh, for all those that did come to know Jesus this morning, I want you to know that what you, what happened today is you didn't say a prayer to go to heaven, and you didn't say a prayer to escape hell. You said a prayer to invite him into your heart and life, into a everlasting relationship with him. Today you became one with life itself, with Jesus, and uh, the journey of living in him is a journey of incredible encounters, and uh, he doesn't promise a smooth ride. What he promises is a love affair. He promises that he's so good that everything else will pale in comparison to him. I feel like every time I talk about Jesus at the moment, I feel like uh, Paul. I think it's in 2 Corinthians 5. It's around about verse thirty. It says, says, I'm in my right mind for you, but man, I'm out of my mind for him because he so loves us, and we've so, so got this thing wrong. He has an incredible, lavish love for us, a desire for us like, like no other. The enemy has tried to try and take us on a road or try and make us try harder, work harder, do things harder. When actually all he wants to do is he actually just wants to grab hold of us and lavishly love us and encounter us and walk with us and do it for us. Amen. Just to make this quickly biblical, just in, um, you can turn there if you want to. You don't have to turn there. Just in um, Hebrews 13, I think it's verse 9. Um, I just had this verse in my heart throughout the week just uh, sitting here. It's, do not be led astray. Hebrews 13 verse 9. Not be led astray by diverse and strange teachings, for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace. I just feel like the Lord's been speaking over His people over the church. Uh, the whole of lockdown for me has just been about uh, a heart being strengthened and being strengthened by grace and uh if you want to quickly go to um two Corinthians eleven, don't you just love the word it's so so much easier just to let the Word speak than for me to speak. Um, It just says in verse 3, But I am afraid, well, let me just read from verse 1 because it's all good. I wish you would bear with me in a little foolishness. Do bear with me. He's talking to the Corinthians. For I feel a divine jealousy for you, since I betrothed you to one husband, to present you as a pure virgin to Christ. But I'm afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve, by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. There's this cry of Paul's heart where he's saying, I just, I've got this groaning in my heart that I presented the gospel to you. You encountered the gospel, and I'm presenting, I'm presenting you as a betrothed, as one who is a pure virgin, but I have a little concern that just like Eve was deceived, that uh, you might be deceived. Deceived in what? Deceived away from the simplicity of the gospel in Jesus Christ. That word, that Greek word, if you go study it, uh, it's, uh, um, it means singleness. It means, uh, it means just simple. It's like if your eye is single. You know what the Bible says? If your eye is single, your whole body is full of light. It's the simplicity of the gospel. And I feel like the enemy has really tried to complicate the gospel And God's wanting to bring us back and establish our hearts back on the simplicity of the gospel. The simplicity of the gospel, a heart that's established by grace. It's a heart that's been established by God. It's a heart that's been established by Christ. And what the enemy tries to do is to try and complicate and make things a lot more difficult than they actually are. And that when we come to that place of salvation, friends, it's, It's a simple understanding that it's a simple yieldedness. In the Word of God in Galatians chapter 6, Galatians chapter 6, I think it's verse 15, it says, neither circumcision or uncircumcision, uncircumcision (laughs) counts for anything, but a new creation, a new creation. Circumcision, uncircumcision, the flesh, works of the flesh, doing a whole bunch of stuff, trying to earn a whole bunch of stuff, counts for nothing except a new creation. When you and I got born again, we didn't pray a prayer to go to heaven. We prayed a prayer to invite him to come into our lives and become one with our lives. We became one with the most amazing and wonderful person. His name is Jesus, and he came to live in our lives. So salvation, friends, is about receiving life, but not just receiving life, but receiving life in him, life in him. The deception that uh, uh, the enemy tried to rob Eve of was to try and confuse her that she had to work towards something, to try and confuse her of actually who she was. What the enemy has done over this time, what he's tried to do for every single person, every single one of us, every single one of us in our garden have two trees. You have the tree of life and you have the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God had this understanding with his people. He knew before the beginning of time, he knew that they would fail. That's why he set in place his son to die for us. But friends, here's the reality of the gospel. The reality of the gospel is with those two trees, is that we are unique creatures in Christ. We are unique in him because we were given choice. There is no other part of creation like us. We have this awesome privilege of choice. But with This privilege of choice, friends, we were never, ever meant to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Because choice and knowledge are not good bedfellows without God. To have a choice, friends... It's just the beauty of being able to choose our lover, to choose him to come and to dwell and to have a love affair and a, and, a, and a relationship with an amazing, wonderful God is the gift that God's given every single one of us. But we're never meant to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Because with the combination of choice, friends, it's very, very dangerous. Absolutely deadly for you and I. Let me share it also this way. Let me say this, that When God said, do not eat from that tree, He said, the day you eat from that tree, you will surely die. It means that before that, there was no death. There was only life. God did not create us for death. He created us for life. Friends, but we decided that with our lovely reasoning and intellect, we would now, reason this whole equation out because it sounds too simple. You see, and just like Eve, the cunningness of the serpent with Eve, so comes the cunningness of the serpent with the people of God. Just to start reasoning that out. See, for a lot of people today, they want to reason out. They want to, they want to work out the Word of God. They want, to, they want to be challenged and think about it, and they think it's a gift from God. Friends, it's not a gift from God to take something that's simple and the Word of God and make it bigger than it is and complicate it. Sounds like the garden to me. Sounds like somebody saying, did God really say that if you eat of that, you will surely die? Well, He said that if I even touch this tree, I'm going to die. No, no, you won't die. No, you won't die. You'll be like Him. Really? You know, let's have a look. This is a really nice tree, actually. Actually, looks good. Fruit looks good. It's not bad. What can, I mean, really? It's picked fresh. Food lover's market. It's lovely. <laughs> Instead of simply saying, uh, sorry, Lord said. Uh, you didn't have to interpret, the Lord spoke the Lord said. Amen? See, what God is embracing us into is when we chose that tree, friends, that was the day we died, what Jesus at salvation does is restore us back to life and make us one with life. And that's why the Bible says John 11 is the most beautiful, I'm the resurrection and the life most beautiful scripture explains to us that I'm now in union with life, I cannot die. That's why it's flabbergasting and challenging for every single one of us when we have a worldwide pandemic. I nearly said epidemic. We have a worldwide pandemic, friends, and the church entertains fear. Fear of what? Fear of dying? I can't die. Um, in union and one with Jesus Christ. Friends, what he's called us to die of, which is what he said, though you die, yet you will live. Friends, is die to self. Die to your life. Because you and I, were are not born again for ourselves. How many know that? When you gave your life today, the six people that gave their life today, it wasn't so God could come in and fix your life so that you can have a better life. You gave up your life today. You surrendered your life for His life. We were created in His image and His likeness. Not your image and likeness, His image and likeness. We were created for Him. His design, His purpose in our life. And guess what His design, His purpose is in our life? It's to be love. It's to be the love of God. It's, it's a, Jesus, it's in, in Matthew 9, I love this, where the Pharisees are looking, they're going, oh, look at Him now, He's entertaining Uh, tax gatherers and tax collectors and and, and sinners in his house and he's having supper in his house and and he says, I didn't come for the healthy. I came for the sick. And he says, you guys need to go away and learn something. I desire mercy or compassion. Not sacrifice. I came for the sinners. Friends, Jesus is fully aware of who we are, but He's so fully aware of who He is. And He so fully knows that when we surrender our life to Him, friends, how amazing and wonderful our life is going to be. So He just asks us to surrender, friends. And in that moment of surrender, like the six of you did today, for every single one of us that have given our lives to Jesus, there is this incredible moment when we encounter Him, and we can remember that day when we just loved Him so much, and we just... We just embraced Him, and He was our everything, our lover. And then life came along and began to speak to us, and life unfortunately speaks. Right? How many know that this thing on top of your shoulders speaks? How many know that things run around between our ears, trying to confuse and trying to get us, because we're eating from a tree that we don't need to eat from. We need to eat from the tree of life. That's Jesus Christ, right? So it comes down to this understanding that what Jesus has done in our lives, friends, is an understanding that it is not, we don't have to try. How many know you cannot try God? Let me just try. Amen? Because He's not one size kind of for every. You don't try God, friends. Why don't we try God? Because He wants everything. He wants our all. What has been the trumpet call for me, the shifting of the heart over this time in, COVID, in this COVID and over the lockdown has been back to a simplicity of the gospel that He is Lord. And that He has invited us on this amazing journey, this amazing uh, 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 life, friends, and He wants preeminence and He wants full authority. It's so, you know... It, it baffles me. It amazes me how when we read the Bible and we have a look and we see, wow, the, the, um, uh, in Isaiah 6, I think it's verses 2 and whatever, about the seraphim and, and how they've got six wings and the, the two wings are actually working to fly. And, and two wings are covering their feet and two wings are covering their eyes. The seraphim before the throne of God, they need two wings to cover their eyes. God is so amazing. He's so magnificent. And then you've got, in, 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 in Revelations 4, you've got uh, the, the four living creatures, and they've got eyes all over their bodies, and they, they, they see everything, friends. They're the most intelligent, most wise uh, creatures you will ever encounter in your entire life. Nothing is missed by them. They've got all these eyes, and they spend their life, friends, just going, holy, 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 holy. And then God says, I want to take my people and I want them to look at me in my face. Seraphim. And he's saying, I want you to look at me in my face. Now you'll see in a mirror dimly because there's going to be, I'm going to have to tint the glass a little bit because I'm that good. friends. But the reality is one day, I'm gonna actually see without the tint. Woo! He is good, friends. He is so amazingly good. I need the tint. Because I think I cook. I think I just burn up, friends. He is that good. And his word is inviting us into this incredible relationship with him. That's what salvation is. It's inviting us into a banqueting, a feast, into a into a, a wedding feast. As the bride with the bridegroom to for him to to romance us, is Frank. I mean, it was just fantastic. I was blown away for days afterwards. As Frank was sharing, he was spending time on the Song of Songs. Now, if you know Frank, he spends time with lions, tigers, and whatever. No, not tigers, but and in the bush, you know, he, he, he's woo. And here he is spending time in the Song of Songs. like, your Song of Songs, uh, chapter two, verse fourteen. It's another embracing face to face. It's a and God's inviting us into this incredible relationship face to face. And, and we, we dare not relegate it to some kind of prayer, some kind of uh, earning, deserving, some kind of uh, journey where we've got to uh, do a whole bunch of stuff uh, to try and please Him. Because what happens, friends, as soon as we do that, we shift away from the one tree to the other tree, friends, and we mess up this opportunity of looking into His face, not because of Him, but because of us. I, I want to release this over every single one of you. I pray, dear Lord, that this would change your life, encounter your life, and you would never be the same. And if you've been going down this road, stop it. And go on the road that God's called you to. God is not calling His people through this COVID time and this lockdown period to try hard. You need to Put more effort into it. You need to just try a little bit harder. friends. He's asking us to surrender to Him. He is Lord. He is King. He is worthy. Friends, by His absolute grace, that's why establish your heart in His grace. By His absolute grace, He has actually put up with the church for a long time, friends, with us indulging ourselves. But time is short and it's coming towards the end now. And God is speaking over his people, and he's saying, I, my name is great, and I will be praised. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, my name will be praised. And I will tolerate zero competition, zero. Friends, it's, he's Lord or he's not Lord. You give him all or you give him nothing, but you can't live in between. That's why we don't, we, we, we talk about salvation, it's, 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 it's all in. Friends, there isn't in the gospel uh, uh, Jesus incorporated. It's just not here. You cannot incorporate Jesus into your life. It's not the gospel. You are either saved or not saved. If you're saved, you become one with Him. He is Lord over our lives. Amen? Let me encourage you with this too. Friends, as Connor was sharing, we, with the heart man believes. Not with the head with the heart. It's a matter of the heart. Belief is a matter of the heart, friends. God is calling us to actually wake up in the morning and not try harder, not do harder, not uh, try and do more effort and work and, and get, put more strain and effort into it. He's wanting us to wake up and be who He's called us to be. Amen. How many know that every single one of you, if you've got challenges in your life, you've got sin in your life, Friends, I want to tell you right now, the answer to that, and it might sound funny, but it's the, it's the biblical answer to that is, don't try harder. Are you crazy? You want to try harder? No, don't try harder. Because you know what happens when you try harder? When you try harder, friends, then you will set your own exam. And the problem is, you will also mark your exam. And you will find out that you fail. And then when you fail, friends, you will be the hardest on yourself. And then you will think to be spiritual means to be very diligent now and to go after and look after and do this matter of dealing with this thing. Friends, what that does simply, what it has done in the, in the children of God over years and years and years is created an environment of guilt, shame, and condemnation. And what's happened is it's driven the children of God away from His presence, not towards His presence, which is exactly what happened in the garden. The minute you eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and not stay at the tree of life, friends, what did they do? They went and hid and they were ashamed. They were exposed. When you try and do this thing on your own and try and do it in your own effort, you're exposed. Immediately, you are exposed because you cannot do it. You cannot do this in your own strength. So now you feel ashamed because you're naked. And Jesus is simply calling us and saying, it's, this is easy. It's just simply surrender. Don't try, to do it. Just wake up and be. And the Bible says, Peter, our wonderful Peter, book of Peter, it says, be ye holy as I am holy. Oh, Don't get caught up in holy, the word holy. Be holy and you will do holy. Good tree bears good fruit. Be a good tree because you are a good tree. I'm not trying to be a good tree. I'm not trying to bear fruit. I need to be a tree. Amen? I mean, I love gardening. I love trees. I love the fruit trees, whatever. that. I don't stand there every single morning. I do stand there every single morning and have a look at my fruit trees, waiting for the fruit to develop. But I'm not standing there going, ooh, that tree is, ooh, mm, ooh, pushing out that fruit like you can't believe. It's just bringing a fruit tree. Wakes up in the morning, hello, the sun. It's a beautiful uh, psalm, Psalm 18. Is it? Psalm 18. Which is that one with that beautiful, with the sun? Tent over the sun, Psalm 19. Don't you love that? The heavens are tent over the sun. Man, only God can use that kind of language, right? But I love this. Don't you love this? I just, it came in my head now, so I'm just going to read it. I love this. Oh, Psalm 19. He has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber, and like a strong man runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the end of the heavens and its circuit to the end of them, and there is nothing hidden from its heat. It's magnificent. The sun. The heavens are like a tent over the sun. The sun is like a bridegroom comes out on this one end, and it travels all the way across and goes down there, and nothing can escape its heat. Sounds like my Jesus. It's like a bridegroom. Nothing will escape. Just the bridegroom's touch, his reach. It's just, he's trying to invite us in, friends, to say, the way we live this is a total yieldedness to me, not a strive and a trying to do and to achieve, but a simple yieldedness to me because I am worthy. And you see, what's got to happen, the connect that's got to happen, which has been disconnected, and I believe that's what's been happening establishing your heart, is to establish your heart in truth. In truth. See, we, we, we're, 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 we live in this world, but we're not of this world. So what we're trying to do is we... We're trying to uh, live in this world and try and ask the Lord to help us to deal with this world, with the mechanics and the understanding and the wisdom of this world and the knowledge of this world and the knowledge of good and the knowledge of evil. And God saying it's got nothing to do with the knowledge of good and evil. It's got to do with a yieldedness to me. Stop trying to do good or, or, or not do good and try yieldedness to me. Because as we yield to him, as we are in Christ, so once I'm, I'm in him, friends, then I will automatically do good. It's truth. See, truth comes in, friends, not to help us with the things of this world. Truth comes in for us to understand he's from another realm. I'm not here to debate about facts. I'm here to understand that I'm supposed to live in truth. Because truth came. That's a revelation and powerful thing by itself. Truth came. Without him coming, friends, truth would not be. But truth came. Truth came into this world. Truth, friends. Jesus, the word of God, God said, right, you, I'm going to release you, the truth, and I'm going to put flesh on the truth. And when I put flesh on the truth, then the truth is going to be lived out. And when my people look to the truth, believe in the truth, it's going to set them free. I'm just using Scripture, but this is the picture. We've got to catch this picture. So what happens? Jesus comes, friends, and we are to look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. Friends, faith, what is faith? Faith is not a head thing. With the mind, man believes. No, with the heart, man believes. Faith is a heart issue, friends. It's a heart issue. It's a trust issue. It's a dependence issue. It's a God issue. It's simply a yieldedness to Jesus. It's a yieldedness to Him and to His will and to his, his, His ways. And when we invite Him in, friends, and we allow Him to come, then truth is invited into our lives. See, when you're looking for truth, friends, or you're looking to Jesus, let me say this. Every single thing that you understand and that you know about God needs to come through the life of Jesus Christ. If there is anything that you understand or that you know that is not in the life of Jesus Christ, it's not truth. It's a lie. And what's so powerful, friends, is not only did Jesus come and truth come, flesh the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. The living Word of God was dwelling among us. We look unto Him, friends. But then also, in, 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 uh, in I think it's uh, uh, John, around John 14, chapter 14, the first couple of verses, when, when He's talking then, He says, I'm going to go away, uh, and I'm going to prepare a place for you in heaven, and I'm going to come back and get you and take you there. But you know the way. And Thomas goes, huh? The way. We don't know the way. What do you mean the way? Then Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Amen. No one goes to heaven except through me. No, he didn't say that. No one comes to the Father. This is a relationship, friends. Heaven's an a side issue. Wow. You could dwell on that. And then Philip says, show us the Father. And Jesus says, have I not been with you? This long, Philip, have you not seen me? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So friends, what we're supposed to be doing is looking to Jesus for our understanding and, who, and, and, and knowledge of who God is. Just to Jesus, friends. Not to anything else. But what does happen? Friends, what happens is the world and our life and our circumstances begin to dictate to us who God is. And then that starts speaking louder than the word, than truth. So what happens? You've got people sitting in the church with an understanding of Father, who Father is, based on what? Based on what they have walked and their circumstances and the journey that they've had in life. And the Bible says, no, the way you understand and know the Father is, look to Jesus. That's, it doesn't matter if it doesn't sit well with your understanding. It's the truth. Amen. It's very quiet here. Have a drink of water gone, No, don't mind if I do. Friends, why am I saying this? It is vital that we get to a revelation, understanding of the truth. Because it's the truth that sets us free. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is where there's freedom, friends. See what does the world say to us about freedom? No, no, freedom is. I'm going to be shackled away from the job and from, from this boyfriend or from this husband or this wife and from this family. And this, I need a bit of freedom. I need to be able. To, I need to be able to have choices, be able to decide. That's freedom. he said the word. That's garbage. Why is that garbage, friends? Because freedom is found in the presence of the Lord. What's in the presence of the Lord? righteousness. Freedom is found in righteousness. Freedom is found in doing right. Freedom is found in God. Freedom is found in Jesus being Lord. So you see, now when you begin to understand this and get a revelation, and I'm going way over time. When you get this revelation, friends, the Bible starts to come alive. It's no longer in camps. We can take the book of Malachi, of crazy book as it is. For, oh, it's in the Old Testament. And ooh, they were talking about all oh, animals and sacrifices and all of that. No, I forget what context it was in. It was in the old. He's trying to tell us something of the heart matter. And he's trying to speak there. And he's trying to tell them, understand this. That I am God and I will be praised. That I am God and I will be honored. And you can't just come and bring your left field, one-eyed, an ear donkey or or sheep, or, or sick, or lame thing, and bring it to me and expect me to go, wow, thank you, you're so awesome. Come on, that's what the church has done. The church sits there and goes, God will understand, of course he'll understand. I'm not going to tithe, Who he'll understand. Tithing. <laughs> What's this thing about tithing? Oh, tithing is under the law. I like a bush under. <laughs> friends, tithing, friends, came from Abraham. When tithing came from Abraham, Abraham is called the father of our faith. Oh. And then ratified by the law and ratified by Jesus, Matthew 23. What is tithing though? If I get stuck in that, uh, I'm eating from this tree. Right, wrong, law, grace, what is it? No, simply when I understand this, I'm eating from the tree of Jesus. I'm going, he's Lord, man. He's worthy. Why must I, if I've got a beautiful male lamb, go, no, that's for me. One for me, half for you three for me, four crumbs for you, and Jesus is going, oh, you're so kind. Thank you. Oh, so nice. Come on. Friends, that's what we do. We say, "Yes, my life. I'll just give you some, friends. But no, it's trying to tell us that he's worthy, and I give him my all, because he will be praised. If not through us, he will be praised, friends. Every knee will bow one day, and they will honor him. And we have this incredible privilege of being in relationship with him. And what he's saying is that this is not a bad thing, guys. I'm not forcing this. I'm trying to explain to you. And explain, if you look in Malachi, you will understand. He's talking about a covenant. He's talking about us coming into covenant with him. It's a covenant of what? Life and peace. Peace is the most powerful word you can ever get in the entire word of God. Peace simply means, friends, I don't know if you've ever experienced it, but have you ever gone to a place where it's all included? You go there, breakfast, lunch, supper... I, I, I dream of coming, going to one of these places, but anyway. The drinks are included everything, I think, other than on a ship. I'm not sure. But you know when it's all included, that's peace. Everything that you can think of that's written in this book, whoo, it's all included. That's the word peace. So I'm inviting you into a covenant of life and peace, all included, everything included. That's what he's saying. I'm inviting you into this. This is going to be awesome, guys. This is going to be wonderful. I'm all asking a simple thing. I'm asking you to stop working so hard. Yes, stop trying to do a whole bunch of stuff. I want to do it. I need you to yield and surrender all to me so that I can work hard. Huh? That's a bit, that doesn't sound right. Let me find some another scripture. Oh, God blesses those who bless themselves. No, no. Friends, if we can understand the simplicity of the gospel, what God's trying to do is capture our hearts. He's trying to say, this is a time now for a total yieldedness, a total surrender to me. Let me do it in and through your life. I want to do it. I love you. I love you like no other do I love you. I don't know how to explain it. Uh, We could go through the Bible and show you so many examples of the incredible love of God for every single one of us. He's just lavishly saying, come on, we can do this. But I'm not going to tolerate competition. He's not that kind of a God, friend. And he wants worship. That's why Malachi is actually a book about lordship and worship, actually. Forget about what covenant it's in. It's about worship. It's about honoring God. It's about putting him in his rightful place, friends. And I believe that what God wants us is to establish our heart. Establish our heart by grace, not by works, by grace, on truth. He wants us to say, right, the gospel is pretty simple. Even I can understand it. The simplicity of the gospel is that it's found in Jesus Christ. Everything is found in Jesus. It's the complete work. I don't have to look anywhere else. I just look to Him. And He's the beginning. He's the end. He's the author. He's the finisher. He's the alpha. He's the omega. He's everything in between. And now as I surrender to Him, I just yield to Him and allow Holy Spirit to lead me in that yielded place of what He wants to do and then he does the miraculous and the supernatural and he does things that are beyond me and I get so excited and I say thank you lord that it was such a privilege and every single day i wake up to say thank you lord for who i am because the day that i don't uh, live in that reality friends is the day that i get lost in guilt shame and condemnation the day that i get lost in trying to earn and deserve and and, and shrink back from who god is but every single day if i wake up and i go man i'm his beloved I am accepted. See, if you wake up and declare and believe, you're accepted. You will live accepted. If you go, I don't know, I sinned and I did some bad things last night. I'm going to have to, I'm going to read an extra chapter this morning. and I'm going to just pray a bit longer. And I know, Lord, that I know you will accept me. Then we go through the day and guess what? We're writing our own exam. And we fail again. And then we mark it. Two points for you, but minus one. Mm, Didn't do so well. Diligence, I'm going to fast. I'm going to pray. I'm going to do extra now. Say, Lord, don't worry. I'm on track. I'm on track. God's going, oh, shut up. (laughs) Surrender. Just yield. Just say, thank you, Jesus, for the finished work of the cross. Give him his rightful honor. Give him his rightful place. Friends, why am I saying this? Because what's crept into the church is complacency and passivity into the life of the church. And friends, the, the danger of that is we are the living letter of the character and the nature of God. And when there's complacency, when there's passivity in our lives, then the letter gets muddled. The people get confused. They can't see the true nature and the character of God. We're the ones that display the nature and the character of God. We need to rise up again and give Him His rightful place in our lives so that we can demonstrate who He really, really is. He is good, friends. He is so good, it's beyond understanding. And friends, if we understand that and live in that, the world will begin to see who our God really is. He is so good. You see, God is so faithful. He is the one who is the most totally faithful, friends. It does Him great joy when we put our faith in Him. Because when you put your faith in Him, you declare and speak to the world about His nature of faithfulness. And then when we put our faith in Him and we believe, friends, and the world sees God being faithful, then the glory of the Lord fills the whole earth. But when we passive, friends, and we're not sure. I will put my faith in Him. I put my faith in something else, or maybe this, or maybe that, or, or I'm not sure. That's what the church has got to. It's got to this place where it is confessing and saying a whole bunch of stuff, friends, but it's showing something else in its life. Friends, they have to come together and be married together. It's like, Lord, I believe you, but no, I'm relying on my credit card and, and this and that, friends. No, you don't, because then you, you, you would act and operate the same way. And how do we do this? It's simply an adjustment. I wonder if we can stand this morning. It's simply an adjustment of the heart. It's simply an understanding. It's simply a trust. I want to encourage you this morning. I know every single person who's here has walked different walks, gone through different things. I know every single one of you could have a testimony of Grant, you don't know what I've walked or journeyed. You don't know what's happened in my life. I want to cry from my heart and ask you this morning that did you make Jesus Lord? Because then that thing in your life is not Lord. Jesus is Lord. Let that thing die and bow today to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Because He wants to bring life and peace to you today. For many of us here today, many of us here today, it's been a journey where we were given a choice. And over time, our choices have led us down a road and we're quite far down the road. felt the Lord say this over somebody or some people here today. Is that your life and what you say and what you live have just become two different things. You don't have to stay there this morning. You don't have to spend hours crying or repenting or on your face or, or God's not giving you a test or a list of things that you need to do. What He's saying to you this morning is He's simply saying, you just have to yield to my Lordship. Give me rightful place. Give me my right honor. I am a great King. And I deserve all the praise and all the glory. So, Father, I just thank you here today. I just lift up every heart in this place here today, Lord. And I believe, Lord God, the Holy Spirit is wooing every person to establish their heart in Jesus. That's why Paul could make statements like, I chose to know nothing else except Jesus and Him crucified. It's a crazy statement. But friends, when you choose to know nothing except Jesus and Him crucified, you begin to allow truth to rule and reign in your heart and your life. You begin to step into a place of freedom where fear, insecurities, doubts can find no landing strip. They can find no place to dwell. Where COVID 19 or any sickness, disease, and infirmity has to bow. Because it's not Lord. Jesus is Lord. So, Father, I am praying over every single one of us today that you are capturing our hearts right now. And that we came here today, Lord. I'm so grateful for those six people that got saved, gave their lives to Jesus, came into a relationship with you, Lord. But I am thankful, Lord God, that every single one of us has encountered Christ and has this beautiful opportunity of a relationship with Him. I'm praying today, Lord God, as the people of God, that we would not relegate this thing down to knowledge. Because knowledge puffs up. I didn't say what kind of knowledge. That's even biblical knowledge can puff up. We don't relegate this thing down to doing good or bad. We're trying to do good. We put this in its rightful place and it's simply bowing to the name of Jesus. It's simply putting God in His rightful place in our lives. It's simply de- believing and declaring the truth of who we are in Christ, the price that He paid for us on the cross. It's time to live it. It's time to bow. It's time to honor God. It's time to say yes to Him. Friends, you might be sitting there going, "But how? how did, I don't understand that. Friends, when Jesus pays a price and gives you something and you go, oh, no, sorry, I won't take that. That's the greatest injustice and dishonor that anyone could ever do is not to live in the full, fully paid. Jesus fully paid for you and I to live in victory, to live in power, to live in authority, to live in his fullness. But he must be Lord. He must be king. And he will be praised, friends. If you will put God in his rightful place of authority today and as Lord over your life, I can promise you and guarantee you that God will break in because you cannot stop love. Love never fails. And He is love. And when love breaks in, friends, we love because He first loved us. First and foremost today as God is chasing you down. Love is chasing you down. Song of songs, friends. He's a lover that's after you, wants to love you. Stop. Turn. Let Him love you. Let Him be the bridegroom. You be the bride. And let Him lead you this morning into His fullness. So Father, I pray today, Lord God, that we've taken a moment out. We've stopped. And I pray right now, Lord God, this is not a laying on of hands moment. This is a divine appointment of Holy Spirit coming into our hearts and lives. And I'm asking right now that you would make the heart adjustments that are needed right now in every one of our lives. You know exactly. You'll know exactly. Holy Spirit will divinely appoint and begin to speak over every single one of our lives and say just adjust there just adjust there just, just, just adjust there see because he's not he, he's a gentleman and he doesn't drive he doesn't force you yield he comes in you work he waits you wait he works he wants to work today in your heart and in your life He wants to position you for greatness because there is a wave that is coming and crashing upon the church like you have never seen before of such bountiful love and goodness and miracles and signs and wonders. And if you can position yourself to catch this wave and the people that are positioning themselves are those that are falling in love with Him once again. Totally in love with Him. Totally in love with Him. Totally in love with Him. him. And letting him lead them. So Lord, thank you. We're totally in love with you. Will you lead us this morning into all truth in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.